Hey, hey, what is going on? How are you doing today? This is the most sublime endeavor and you are in it. But you know that because you clicked on it and you also have your own most sublime endeavor. And I'm a part of yours now and you're part of mine in a way. And I have to tell you what I saw the other day. Something I've seen wildlife gone wild. It is... It was amazing how it happened. Actually, I haven't seen how it happened. I just have seen what happened after it actually has happened. But it still happened. And it was near on a nearby football field. I was driving by and I saw a creature sitting in front of the goal and surrounded by feathers and it was eating something and I turned around with the car and I got out of it I took a closer look silent and careful I was trying to be sneaky to not scare it away like a scarecrow would and I looked closer and I saw this giant bird sitting there in the middle of the football field in front of the goal surrounded by feathers and having lunch and I expected the worst for a second I thought it was some kitty cat but it wasn't and after a while the giant bird left and I went on the field to see what's what he was eating or she and I didn't know so it turns out this giant bird I, I did some research afterwards and um, it was kind of brownish white and so I'm pretty sure this was a hawk and this hawk was eating another bird therefore the feathers I thought he would maybe eat a seagull because the feathers were kind of white but who knows where the feathers were from maybe it's from the hawks the feathers I don't know anyways I went to this animal that was still lying on the field there like at least the rest of it the parts of it and it was a crow it, I, I couldn't believe it. I didn't know that hawks eat crows and I also didn't know that the crows would let it happen. See, I don't know how it happened. Maybe the crow was injured already and he just took advantage of her. But I don't know. Like usually the crows, they are tough. Like they work together as a team and one hawk has no chance against like 10 crows. Like they will, they will get him away like usually. But um, in this case, I don't know. I don't know, it was super weird. Anyways, he was eating this and it's kind of in town. And I'm surprised anyways that there's a hawk in town and like then he's just jacking up some crow and having a snack. It's crazy, the nature, wildlife. So wild. So wild and so, so brutal and so just honest in a way. Like he's hungry, he has to eat. He eats a crow if the crow is near. And this is similar like cats are. They, I mean, cats also play with their prey, but like I've cats and when they eat a mouse, when they catch a mouse, and then at first they play with it, and then there comes a point where they either accidentally kill it or they decide it's supper time. And then they eat it and they leave basically the lower part of the mouse back they don't touch it, 
they just see like the head and the chest and I don't know the upper body and the arms and the lower body is basically open it's like I saw it once a few times actually it's as the mouth was sliced in half and you can see the intestines of the mouth still there like the cats don't eat it like they know that it tastes like shit probably obviously and they just eat the good parts and leave the rest and then crows or blue jays will get the bottom part it's, that's how nature takes care of itself I guess the cats eat the good stuff and the crow and the blue jays eat the leftover the shitty intestines and a few mouse legs and tail and also one day I saw one of my cats, I have two cats um, and one of them got a mouse and he was playing with the mouse and just kind of hitting it a little bit, let it run, kind of playing around, he wasn't really hungry, he just tortured it for fun and um, so and then he, he always would let it go for a few meters and then catch up again and hit it again and play with it and bite it maybe a little bit and throw it in the air and the mouse would kind of scream and run for its life but he would keep doing it and then he let the mouse go on the other side of the road and he was not super hungry. he wasn't starving so it's just a toy and he would let the mouse leave to the other side of the road and once the mouse got over there the mouse felt yes freedom the mouse felt she survived this monster but the mouse was happy too early because a blue jay came picked up the mouse and flew away with it it was like in a movie i wish i would have sometimes it would be great to have it on video right that would have been amazing the blue jay came down and he picked up the mouse and flew away and the mouse at first got tortured by this giant monster got away thought it was alive and good and everything's fine and life can keep going and and you know have a good life a good mouse life and then this blue jay came and probably fed it to its kids and ripped it apart alive in the nest inclusive intestines maybe they started at the asshole who knows oh, that's nature hey it's wild, this life. <laughs> Sometimes also the cats get some squirrels or birds. Um, squirrels are t probably the most tough to get. They, they're tough, but sometimes when they come down too far and they're not careful enough and then the cats drag them up. This is one video where a family um, they kind of found this um, baby or um, injured squirrel and they kind of raise it up and prepare it for the for for its natural environment and the day comes that they let it free and so they go to the street with the squirrel and they let him go and in this moment a cat runs up on a tree and uh, is catching him and killing him and and yeah was and and the, the people were screaming and it was uh, you can watch it on, on the YouTube's it's uh, worth a watch <sighs> eaten alive by a giant monster it's also crazy how powerful cats actually are compared for their size how strong they are like can you imagine how like how a tiger or a lion must be so powerful for the size small cats. I don't know. Applied for some jobs recently. 
And finding a job is tough. Or applying for a job. And it's all you, you it's a game basically that you play there. It's it's tough to get one though. It's it's finding a job is a job, some people say. And they're right in a way. To me, I, I have a job. So I'm not um I'm not devastated to find a new one, but I apply to jobs that I think are better options than my current job to improve my life and to improve my own sanity and my own contentment or I'm not even I don't want to talk about happiness in regards with a job because most likely this will not happen um, to find a job that makes you happy but maybe it also doesn't have to make you happy who knows but more a job that is tolerable a job that is um, that pays fair um, a fair work-life balance um, yeah or a job that pays good of course you know so yeah and I'm recently looking around um, to get out of um, of my current situation that's I'm sure a lot of you guys are in a similar situation because I've heard some numbers recently that I I forgot the exact numbers, but I think 87% of people, I don't know if this is right or not, I'm not going to look it up, it doesn't really matter, a giant amount of number, let's say 87% of people, I think it's the right number. I heard this from Johan Hari, he's a uh, very smart guy, anyways. And 87% of people are not happy or don't like the job or even hate their job. That's a crazy amount of people. That's a, that's so almost everybody is not is not happy or, or satisfied or good with the job and maybe even hates it. So I'm sure some of you are in the same position. And then what do you do to change this? Right? Will you live with it? With you? Will you tolerate it? Will you be okay with it to hate what you do every day? Or would you rather spend your time in a different way and doing something that you maybe would enjoy more and that you where you would make a little bit more money and have some more vacation? I mean, the answer is clear, but it's tough to get out of a role that you don't like. You can't just quit because you don't like it, because you have bills to pay and you have... A family that needs food, maybe. Maybe you're alone. You still need to pay rent. And maybe you have a car and a phone and you need internet and you got to pay the water bill and electricity. And maybe you have student debt or credit card debt or a car loan, any sort of debt that you have to pay as well. And then you would also... I don't know, maybe buy yourself some treats every now and then, go on a nice vacation. So yeah, quitting just a job because you don't like it or you hate it is difficult. What do you do? You, Some people take the risk and, and have the idea and the ambition and try to start their own business, which is tough, especially to get started. Pretty much with everything in life, I guess. Starting is difficult. Anyways, then you look on Indeed or Monster or 
what else is there? One of the other job boards, career beacon or whatever it's called. And you look for something that would be fitting and that might be a bit more enjoyable than the current. And then you find a job and you read about it, do some reason what's the company like, what is this company actually doing, what's the job, and you set up your resume if you don't if you don't have one already. And then I like to put in a cover letter as well. So I sit down and write try to write an individual, a nice, based on the um, position, a cover letter that fits good, that I would like. If I would hire someone, I would like to read it like that. That's at least how I try to do it. It's, um, I think with applications, it's important that the design is nice. I like to look at it, and it must be nicely formatted, nice fonts. You can play around a little bit, also maybe with a little bit of color, just so that it gets this I think obviously it's important what's in your resume for the position but I think you can get some extra points to at least get an interview with a nice looking and formatted and, and good looking whole application in, in all I usually do this with a cover sheet at first where it's a picture of me and my con contact information and it says application and, you, and it says which attachments are included And then I have a certain design and I have this design also in my cover letter, just how the sheet looks like, and on the resume and then on the job references on previous ones. I also include those. Obviously, just if you have good ones, <laughs> uh, I wouldn't include a bad one. And, yeah, and then you send the email out and then you wait. And you hear nothing back. And maybe you hear nothing forever back. <laughs> sometimes they... Sometimes you never hear back from companies. Be it a big one or a small corporation, it doesn't really matter. Sometimes you just... Sometimes they often have the position already filled, but they have to, for some certain company policy, they have to post it publicly. Um... Big corporations often do this, or kind of government agencies often do this, that they post this job, but then um, the job is already gone. Then you apply and you hear nothing back and it's just a waste of time. But that's um, bureaucracy, right? And then um, sometimes you're back after a while. And it's often I find big corporations usually when you send your application and either is it on their own web-based portal or you send them an email, they usually send you a confirmation email that they received your application and they will look into you and contact you if they want to. And I find smaller corporations don't do this. They, you just send it and you are not sure. Did they get it? Did they not? Did, was, is it in spam folder? Are they going to look at it or not? What is happening there? Um, you will not know. They will eventually come back to you or not. Maybe they already found someone else. And don't bother to say, hey, buddy, we found someone else. I find, uh, and I do understand, um, those companies and HR and hiring managers, those people have busy days, obviously. 
and they can't write individual emails to people um, to every applicant if you get hundreds of applicants I know this is um, doesn't work but if you want to hire somebody and you people sit down and write cover letters for an hour or two and set up the whole application and like put work into it and then they can't even bother to send one email that says hey dude we got someone else apply next time boom copy and paste and send three buttons to people that they don't want once the position is filled just so applicants know okay let's concentrate on something else we don't have to hope no more we don't have to think about those guys it's done That would be nice. But they don't even seem to care. You know, it has something to do with mutual respect to, towards each other's time, I believe. And um, just one quick email, copy and paste, even like a no reply email. That I don't care, you know, like. And I, I personally, I don't care if they say no, it's cool, you know, it's fine, fine by me. But just say, hey, we got someone else. The position is, is done. You know, no more uh, application process done. Look for some other stuff. That would be nice. I don't know why people don't do this. It doesn't take a lot of time. It's just, yeah. They see us uh, normal corporations see um, people as a human resource, as the name says, and it's true in a way. I never really thought about it. Um, in Germany, we call it different. We, of course, big corporations call it PR, uh, HR, but usually it's called Personalabteilung, um, which means um, basically workforce department. And yeah, but yes, they do treat you like a human resource. And um, especially the big ones, the big guys who just look to fill the position. Uh, but they don't, uh, especially HR departments, they don't really care about you oftentimes. And not everybody, of course, but it's very often that um, you will just become a number in the system once you are hired. It's different in the apartment where you work at. And they, you have co-workers who will maybe care about you someday and you will care about them and maybe you will become friends with them. But for HR, you're a number. And for the CEO and for shareholders, you're nobody, basically. But that's how it is in a way. And so, yes, and then if your application is good enough and HR or whoever does it um, likes it, they will contact you. And I find big corporations often give you some sort of online test An online survey that you have to fill out or they ask you a few questions at first they say like hey we're interested uh, would you mind doing the survey only takes 20 minutes and then is the next step and you obviously want this job or at least an interview and move on further and you say yes and then I've done two tests recently And one was kind of behavioral questions. What did you do in, in situation A, B, or C? And you just describe what you've done there. And the other test um, was absolutely weird and stupid questions. Like they ask questions like, um, would you tell your boss if a relative who works at the same company would steal something 
or is late or is some silliness like kind of like Stasi methods like to to if my coworker comes late will I tell my boss that he came late stuff like that uh, qu such questions or like would you fire somebody if he would steal something worth a five dollar and then the next question is and you couldn't go back with this survey which is fucked up you could, can't change it whatever you put in is done And then comes the next question. And then the question was, uh, would you fire somebody um, if you steal something worth $10? And you say yes or no. And then, and I was like, come on, guys, such questions, it's fucked up. Like, you know, what's the right answer to those? Will you fire him or not? Like, they can put it in both ways. If you say, yes, you will fire him, they could say, okay, you're an asshole. Obviously, if you fire someone for stealing something $5, you know, which is not okay, obviously, to steal, but still firing someone, I mean, you know, it's a question about a moral question, I think. But on the other end, they can say, if you say, no, I wouldn't fire, they could say, well, are you interested in stealing shit? So, I don't know. Fucked up questions. And I just said no or yes, I forgot. I think I said yes to everything. After I realized what's going on there, I said yes to every question. I said, fire everybody if you do if something wrong. And I obviously did not go further um, with the application process. But at this point, I didn't really care about this because those questions were really fucked up, you know. Um, yeah, this stuff usually doesn't happen with small companies. They don't have the time and they don't have this. It's not as important. And then once you pass this, you um, get an invitation to an interview. And that's a big day, right? Interview coming up. Next week, Tuesday, big interview for a great job that you would like to have, maybe. You think you would enjoy it or you think it would be tolerable and you make some decent money. And you prepare for it and you watch YouTube videos and you Google shit and you try to find tips and tricks for a job interview. And yeah, you're excited in a good and in a bad way. Then you dress up, you look good. You, If you're a guy, you maybe shave or not, whatever. Like you, you, you look nice, like as if you would go on a date. And instead of hoping that you get to fuck, you hope that you get hired. And you get there on time. Very important. Very important. You get there on time. Meet those HR people or maybe the boss or whoever is responsible in this uh, facility. And then it goes. And it's also different with bigger and smaller corporations. Smaller corporations are often more, it seems to me at least, That's only my experience. Smaller um, corporations are often more interested in you as a person. Plus, obviously, with what you've done in the past or what your experience is, blah, 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 those standard things. But also in you as a person and if you would be a good fit for the team. Okay. And at bigger corporations, I had an interview recently with a, with a big one and would have been good pay and everything. You know, would have been a great job, actually in a way and so they two guys were the two HR guys and they both had the same list and on the list were let's say 10 questions and then it one guy was asking a question and the other guy was writing my answer down and then the opposite way 
and um, they were asking behavioral questions and, and situation-based questions, kind of like in the test, uh, meaning what would I do in situation A? Like, what would I do if I have to make a difficult decision? Blah, blah, blah. Some, some sort of stuff. And of course, I tried to answer it as good as possible, and I lied a lot, obviously, to answer it as good as possible. And then after those, those 10 questions, they were basically done. And they asked me five questions. And, well, I asked them. I asked them um, how a normal day at this corporation looks like. And after describing me what the exact tasks are and how a day kind of looks like, they also mentioned that they work 40 hours a week but demand 20% of overtime which equals a total work week amount of 48 hours a week and once they said this my ears kind of went open gates the doors opened and all of their words from that moment on went right through my head without taking a break in the brain which means like I, I didn't care, like 48 hours a week is too much. And that's the thing, it didn't say it in the job description. And this corporation could have saved a lot of time with, with asking me questions and meeting me and whatsoever. And they would have saved me a lot of time if they would have said, hey, we work 48 hours a week. It's crazy, 48 hours a week. It's too much. It's full time is 40. That's full the glass is full you know otherwise it, it flows over and you burn out yeah. i know a lot of you guys probably work more than 40 and uh, here um, in north america the work ethic is insane it's kind of good but also i uh, no, i'm not a uh, you know it's too much time of your life i would rather work less i would rather work 30 hours let's say instead of 48 because at a 48-hour work week, is you work, let's say, 10 hours a day for the most days. And in, in a five-day week. And you have to be there at 7, which means you have to get up at 6 or maybe at 5.30, depending how long the commute is. Then you get there at the 5.30 getting up, you're there at 7. And then you work 10 hours until 5 with lunch, more like until 6. Then at 6 you drive home and then you're at home around 7.30. I don't even know how much hours those are. Those are like 13 or 14 hours a day. A day. Spend Monday to Friday, you spend like 12 hours a day at work. And I know, I know a lot of people do this on a regular basis. And to me it's amazing and huge respect to you guys, you know, who are doing this. I mean, of course, if you have to feed you and your family and if you have to pay off student loans and other car payments and credit card debt and whatever you got, is it for a bad decision or not or whatever it is. And it's tough. Wow. I can imagine. And for me, then this company wanted to um, meet me again with some other HR person or whatsoever or a phone call I guess that's where they would have given me a job offer I think but um, I withdrew my application I said I'm not interested like I have to withdraw my application and good luck to find the right candidate I said 
um, yeah, it's too much time. It's I feel 40 hours are too much. It's it's already too much spending that much time at work. There's so many other things I would rather do. There's so many more things that I want to experience. But we don't have a choice. But what I'm saying is those guys, just post it. Just be honest. If you have a company and you're looking for a kid, just be honest. It saves you time and it saves the candidate time. And you get the ones that are actually interested in it with all the good and the bad stuff. Just say how much you pay. Just say how much hours you work. Just say what the benefits are. How much vacation time you get. It's so important vacation. It's so underrated here. It's a, a 10 days vacation or, or maybe zero, or maybe 15. It's not enough vacation a year. You need to take time off. As a human being, you need to enjoy yourself. You need to go on a little trip. You need to relax. You need to turn your brain off. You need to recover your body and your mind from working 40 hours a week all year long. And 10 days vacation or 15 are not enough. That's barely enough. 10 days, that's two weeks, a year. It's not enough. It's not enough. In Germany, you have 20 by government. And depending on where you work, you maybe have more. I used to have 30 days paid vacation a year. was great I would take off three weeks in the summer or maybe four then I still have two weeks left or three and I used to work 35 hours a week that was and every hour like let's say the contract was for 35 hours a week if I would work 40 hours a week I have five extra hours a week seven extra hours equals one day in the in my best year I had in total in a year probably 50 to 60 days off paid. It was beautiful. I know this is now unrealistic and um, I'm not expecting that, but I expect it to be paid fair, to be treated fair. And otherwise it's, it's, it's yeah, it's really, really tough. And I mean, in Germany it's only because they're unions and there's a long history of, of um, labor organizations like the IG Metall, like Verdi, for example, to say the, the two biggest ones, basically. IG Metal. Google it. You'll, you'll find out what they're up to. This has been going on since more than 100 years. People on the street, people striking, people negotiating. And also employers have their own um, organization. That, uh, so the, the, the union negotiates with the employer organization. That's how it goes. And of course you pay you pay 1% of your monthly income in, in, over there. That's not a bad thing. Yes, it's some money, but the deductibles for the union, but it's not a lot. Like that's not an excuse. You gotta be in, you gotta, only if a lot of people are in, you're powerful as a union and you can negotiate great shit. Because the companies, they make millions every year. They make so much money. Get something from it. You deserve it. But here it's barely non-existent unions. Somehow the big corporations um, figured a way out to keep them down. With people thinking they're bad. That's like uh, <laughs> false propaganda that people get. That, uh, it's crazy to me that some people think unions are bad. 
Yes, there can be bad ones. Certainly, like with everything, there can be bad... Uh, anything can be bad. But if it's done right, it's the best thing there is for, for a worker. It's the best thing there is for a worker. If there's a strong union behind it, that's why people, everybody at the workplace has to be there. Look, a, a workplace is not strikeable. Like, you can't strike if, if most of the people are not union members. What is it good for a strike if only if you have 20 people but only five um, are in the union five people strike and still with 15 people you can run the place a strike is there to shut it down for a certain for temporary time and then you negotiate with this employer or with the employer organization depending how you do it i find here in north america it's often small unions kind of um, um, workplace based unions which i don't know i think the bigger the better also because um, just financially they stand better and you can do better strikes. But yeah, it's important that I think um, there was a number, I think you need like at least 60 or, or let's say 50% at least in the company have to be union members to be able to strike. Otherwise it doesn't make sense because the company will keep running and then you don't hurt them. And you gotta hurt them a little bit, at least a little bit. You gotta pinch them a little bit to have some have some have some weight on the negotiations <sighs> there need to be more unions people need to organize more the enemy is not some immigrant who takes your job no the enemy is the big corporation who doesn't pay you enough that you have a shitty life that you need two jobs eventually it's not like that mexicans take away jobs Yes, they maybe get some jobs, but it's not. That's not the problem. The problem is that jobs don't get paid well enough. That you struggle even though you work full time or more. That you live paycheck to paycheck and can't afford anything. And maybe if you're lucky, you can afford it. But then healthcare. Oh, it's a big, big issue, big problem. Like, but unions is the way to go. Whole sectors need to unionize tech sector unionize why not because you get paid a hundred thousand a year still unionize you can do better than that car industries chevy workers and chevrolet factory afford unionize and probably there are i mean in, in a lot of big places there's a union anyways but it's got to be even bigger got to be stronger you know and then the more members you have, and that's a good thing about having a union in a whole sector, like a steel industry union, let's say. Um, they get a lot of money each month from the deductibles, and then, of course, if you if the company if the if the union members and the union decides to strike, if the negotiations coming along, if the contract, for example, runs out and then renegotiate, and so. Um, it might be time to strike. And then, of course, you only strike at certain companies at a time. You don't make a total strike. You only strike certain companies. And that works if the, if the corporations also have their own, basically, um, their own, what did I say before, not union, but their own organization. That, And then you strike at this one company, you shut it down, and then with the deductibles, those people are getting paid while they're not at work and that's how you negotiate more 
there's a lot to know about obviously about a union it's not just like that you start a union and then you get more it's not like that it's a hard fight it's a long fight in germany germany is only there where it's at with um workers rights for example because people were doing this a hundred or more years ago there were people machinists let's say in a machine shop they were starting to read books they were starting to educate themselves while working while the machine was running they were starting to read books about uh, labor rights about this and that to educate themselves and then they went on And fought for it and and people now benefit from it and um, people now also though have to keep going so that future generations also benefit from it there will be obviously a lot of um, um, automation coming which is already happening which already happened 10 years ago and those big corporations who make stuff who um, those factories automation is already big like they try to save as many people as possible Uh, whenever they come out with a new model they basically try to reduce the manual labor on it let it be robots or, or um, like fanuk is a giant robot company um, from japan not as fancy as boston dynamics but they do industrial robots which is a big part the idea of, of robots serving us or being human-like is um, not necessary for industrial um, facility at the moment It's more that they package stuff or that they weld things. The robots can do it way better than humans. It's always the same, the weld. Car or, or any kind of business, any kind of sector is doing this. And also, um, automation-wise, um, which is already happening, for example, in stores, which is never told people always think automation is just something else. Like, it's not... It's not the fast food restaurant which gets automated. You rarely hear about this. Or that Home Depot doesn't have cashiers anymore, but they have um, uh, robot cashiers. Basically self-checkouts, how they're called. McDonald's, you or not that I don't go to McDonald's, but you order there on, on a screen and you pay and you just pick it up once it's done. That's automation. That's a lot of, obviously, shitty paid jobs, but still jobs that um, are gone forever they don't come back those jobs the machines will get better everybody someday we pay with our fingerprint yeah we put a chip in us and then we pay with the fingerprint one day it'll come i'm sure we we have uh, i'm sure apple is and, and a lot of other companies have a giant dat database of all our fingerprints why shouldn't you be able to one day they come out and let you pay with the fingerprint i'm sure this will work yeah Those jobs are all lost and also in the future lawyers will lose or is, won't be as much lawyer jobs to do because machines can do it better. If you need to make a will, why should you need a lawyer? You can do it online. Same with, with and that's maybe a little bit further away, doctor-wise. You won't need somebody to diagnose if you have the flu or not. You'll be able to do this online or with a camera or maybe they will have sensors that you measure the fever and you give them a few things and they can tell. You don't need to go to a doctor in the future. That happens from home. What this do need it though is in a way doctor-wise more, uh, more psychologists and, and psychiatrists. That's big. That's really big. Social workers are big. Those guys... 
dead jobs. Those will be, and probably are already, like those jobs are growing and, and, and we'll need more of those. People often go to the doctor just to talk to somebody. A lot of old people who are lonely, they are weekly at the doctor to check the blood pressure, but also to talk to someone, to someone who at least in those 10 minutes cares about them. Who asks them how they are, how the week was. Because sometimes there's a lot of loneliness with old folks. It's sad. Yeah. God, I'm, I'm drifting away already. I don't know where we, we were. Job applications. <laughs> yeah, job applications. How do we get out of this, hey? How, how do we... We have to figure a way out to get out of um, our current situation. You and me. To find something that we enjoy more. I think it's important to... It would be great. I don't know if it's important, but it would be great to do something every day that you kind of would enjoy. That's kind of like the dream. It doesn't even... Not talking about getting rich or anything. It just would be something where you say, yeah, I don't mind it. It's kind of fun. Man, that would be awesome. But how, how do we get it? Obviously, everybody has different interests and, and what we like, but how, and how do we get out of this system? Like in a way and I know this sounds maybe maybe weird and if you say you have to get out of the system you're enslaved by the system but I don't mean it that way I mean it more I don't want to yeah to get out of this um, we have to start our own thing that's what I mean to not be employed by someone and then you do stuff that you don't want to do but you have to to be able to live kind of enslaved obviously It's nothing to do with real slavery, where you get hit. But you're dependent, let's say. You're dependent on the job, because otherwise your life will be super tough. How do we get out of this, right? How can we... How, what could we do? Do you have any ideas? I wonder. Do you have any ideas that we could do online, work together on it? start our own business online something good <laughs> uh, would be nice hey maybe you do have an idea contact me <laughs> let's, let's do some business together young man or woman both or, or whatever you identify as what is your job I wonder you can also send this to me let's get in touch with each other maybe if you if you want to if you hate what I said and you're angry now And you're like, ah, oh, fuck this dude. Like, this dude is such an asshole. What is he saying that? Fuck, union suck, you guys. Send me this. You know, all your anger that you get right now while doing the dishes or while you're commuting to work, whatever you're up to right now, because you hate your job and your life and all this anger that is oh, in you and you need to get it out somehow, send it to me. Better send it to me. You know, I can deal with it. I'm, I'm, I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm all right. Send it to me instead of letting it out to some person um, in your life, some person you love or some coworker, or some, some other guy, who knows, some dude in the city. Let it out on me on the internet and scream at me in all caps if you have the need to do this. Or give me positive feedback. Send me a love letter. Like a love 
the most sublime endeavor. <sighs> what a beautiful day to be alive. Have a good week. And we'll hear each other soon. And maybe we set up some online stuff. And But don't send me dick pics. Like I've, 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 uh, I've myself a dick. And he's beautiful. But don't send me. Please don't. Probably now that I say don't. Probably... Um, Whoever's listening, probably probably there's one dude listening to his podcast and probably he thinks now, yes, I'm going to send him now my dick with some paint with, uh, with a Sharpie two eyes and a nose on it and a cylinder on his head, like, a, like Charlie Chaplin and with the Charlie Chaplin or Hitler beard. Like, that's weird, eh? With the beard, with Charlie Chaplin's beard, Hitler ruined it for him. <laughs> like, I don't know who had it first, I wonder. Was it Charlie or was it Adolf? I don't know, but Hitler certainly ruined two things for life. And <laughs> it's a beard. He ruined that. Nobody could ever have this beard again. Absolutely not. This is like, he ruined this haircut style. His hair, not so much. That's pretty common. But his uh, beard, for sure, it's gone. And he also ruined the name Adolf. Adolf used to be fairly common in Germany, but since him, you can't call your kid Adolf. Like, that's something you can't do. And, and if you have a son whose name is Adolf, he cannot grow a beard just under his nose. Those two things are gone forever, for eternity. And this kind of, this never happened to anybody else. And no, no other bad guy in this world's history ruined something for, for eternity for people like Hitler did. Like Napoleon or whoever, I don't even know. Whoever bad guy there was, um, Genghis Khan or, or whoever it was, they never. You can call your kid Genghis. It's fine, you, but you can't call it out of. <laughs> ah, yeah. With that being said, have a good week, you fuck, and see you soon. Talk to you soon. Hear you soon. Let's exchange each other some lovely letters on the interweb, and have a good time. And I love you. And um, peace. Out.